Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining Bill and I for another Soul Talk. Today, we're going to have a conversation about deconstruction. This is something that I have been hearing a lot of people concerned about, asking questions about. I think there's some confusion and some some alarm and panic about this today, Bill. It came up in our conference on Journey of the Soul at the Apprentice Gathering in Wichita with James Bryan Smith, and uh, a student there was really troubled by uh, experiences in his church with uh, people that are deconstructing their faith and uh, leaving the church and not not walking with Jesus and Gosh, in the pandemic, what is it, a third, a third of people that were attending church uh, have stopped and haven't come back. And uh, there's just a, a lot of destabilization, uh, particularly, particularly right now. There is. And yet this isn't really anything new. There's always been people deconstructing their faith. Maybe that terminology hasn't been used. That wording hasn't been used. But we find this in our research. We found this in our own experience and the experience of people that we journey with. They're pilgrimage and walk with the Lord. Well, it's really right at the heart of the journey of the soul in our book, and we call it the wall. And there are different examples of hitting the wall, like a burnout or a dark night of the soul or a time of grief. But a major example of the wall is a faith crisis. And that's what deconstructing faith is. It's when you've, you've grown up or come along for a number of years and uh, in a tradition of faith in Jesus and uh, in the bedrock of, of scriptures and within the context of a church community, a community of Christians, and uh, you had a certain way of thinking about your life. It was in the context of your, your discipleship to Jesus and your values being formed around biblical values and things that you were taught from your, your pastor or your, your teacher and uh, then when you come into some sort of a, a crisis or a questioning or you see uh, a Christian who uh, has a sanctification gap and seems hypocritical or it's hurtful to you, different, different things, different experiences of suffering that we go through can lead us to question God and question our faith and where we used to have this sense of orientation and, and experiencing God's blessing and then now we're we're not experiencing that we're not feeling that way and we have these these questions and going through a time of trial maybe a time of spiritual warfare and God doesn't seem to be the same anymore and the Christian life doesn't seem to work the same way as before or or now I have some new experiences that I've had that are surfacing longings and questions spiritually and and the faith tradition I was raised with doesn't seem to answer those. And so all these things can become a faith crisis that that could lead someone to deconstruct their faith, to take it apart and and maybe throw it away or replace it with a, a different set of values that they might call spiritual, but aren't centered on Jesus. Well, and it feels really stressful and it feels scary. And especially if it's someone that you you love or you know personally or you've invested in, it's a big grief. When you've worked hard, I kind of think of it as, I think in leadership, we talk about the, you know, you need to help me with this. I'm, I'm not going to say it right. Destructive. Creative destruction. Create, thank you. Creative destruction. And that's kind of what's happening in deconstruction. We're at the wall. Is some We need to remember that it could be creative because it just feels like destruction. 
and that's what, as we're observing this in someone that we love's life, it, it, we're, we're maybe lamenting or fearing or grieving the destruction that's happened there, seeing them destruct things. I remember when our son David was a boy and he had spent hours and hours constructing this amazing amusement park in his room. It was huge. It was the size of a twin bed. With Legos. With Legos. And then he, uh, one day he deconstructed it. And I was just like, oh no. I mean, it was amazing what he'd done. And I was so upset about it. But he then was telling me when I said, why, why did you do that? He was telling me all these new ideas he had for rebuilding. And that's what can happen. And I think it's helpful for us to keep that in mind that the deconstruction is a serious thing and it does look like a wreckage and there is something there that's that's lost. It's messy. We're sitting in our den and I'm thinking we've wanted to remodel this, but yeah. the deconstruction of it would be so stressful and yeah. so upsetting and so messy and so uncomfortable. And so we, you know, we have things in here ordered. They're ordered, they're they're neat, we know where they are, we know where to find things, and that's kind of the way things are before deconstruction and it's working for us. But at some point, it stops to work for you. Something new happens. And that's kind of what's happening for us. You know, new new ideas, new work, new decorating styles. We, we kind of get tired of the familiar. You have ideas for improvement. And so at some point, it gets worth it to do the deconstruction in order to do the recreating. And so God seemed to create us in a way that in our faith, he allows us to do this deconstruction because along the way, some things have gotten in there in our order that aren't of him, or we've gotten overly rigid and it's holding us back from something new he wants to do in us or show us or an area he's leading us into. At some point, we all need to get a new pair of shoes or improve things. Yeah, in, in uh, Job's story in the Bible, he he deconstructed his faith. His his faith was going along uh, great. He's a righteous man, and he led his family in the ways of God's wisdom. And he he worked hard and trusted God in what he did, and so he really prospered. And, and he had uh, wealth and health and uh, happy family, and uh, was position of leadership in his community, and things were really going well. And then. Uh, Satan had a field day attacking him and stripping away God's blessings from him. And uh, Job went went careening uh, downward into a spiral. And uh, he became uh, depressed and he was grieving. And his wife told him, just curse God and die if, if this is how God's going to treat you with how you've served him. And, and his faith didn't make sense anymore. Why all these bad things would happen to him? Why the business losses? Why the the horrible health and the, the painful boils that he had, and the conflict in his marriage, and the, the deaths in his family? And it was just so much devastation. And uh, in the midst of that, his his faith wasn't working for him anymore. And so the book of Job is just full of Job's questions. And he 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 asks God. He 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 wears out his friends with his questions and. They lose their empathy that they began with, and they start judging him and giving him uh, formulas for better success in his life or spiritually, and none, none of it's working for Job, and he's just reeling. Well, that's it, exactly what we don't want to do when we're in relationship with somebody who's in deconstruction. Their faith is to judge them and to start giving them rigid rules and talking to them about what they used to believe and used to accept and know. Yeah, because when someone that we love it, it goes through this deconstruction process, it scares us. Mm-hmm. We, we feel uncomfortable with it. 
So if you're you're a pastor and there's people in your church or you're especially if you're a parent and it's one one of your kids probably in young adulthood in the college years or their twenties or uh, you're a small group leader or, or a friend and you see somebody going through this and it could be at any age any stage of life but the the uh, young adulthood transition is a time where it's most most common and maybe maybe around the midlife transition late thirties forties these are times where there's uh, upheaval going on in our identity development and in our life and faith is in the in the middle of that and so yeah it's so important that we are are patient and empathetic and prayerful for the people that we know who are deconstructing their faith yeah many of them are deconstructing their faith because it's not working for them or it's not working for the people that they see like you had said they're seeing that there there's a real contrast between what they're professing to believe in what their life is showing or the fruit of their life isn't there. And so they're getting disillusioned with that and beginning to question. Sometimes they can go off, you know, the all or nothings are easier. And so oftentimes maybe they've been all in with their faith and then they go all out and they reject it all. It's, so when a Christian is going through this sort of an experience where they see uh pastors or other Christian leaders or maybe their own parent or friends that they've looked up to in the Christian faith who uh, fall away from faith or have a a moral blowout and uh, act in ways that are immoral and inconsistent with Christian faith. And when that happens to your parent or the person that mentored you or your pastor or your longtime friend that you've looked up to, it, it can rock your world. And when it happens to you more than once, and now I'm going to rock your world. It, it can like rock your faith. And like, you, you can, I don't know if I believe in this anymore. Or if you're that person that had that moral blowout and, and now you're confronted with your own sin. And um, do I believe, do I even believe this anymore? There's so many reasons why somebody goes into a faith crisis. And when we see that happen to someone else, we're prone to to want to fix it to to because we we feel anxious we feel nervous we, we're it's, this is about faith this is about eternity this is about the salvation of the soul and we we want our loved one to be secure and so sometimes we maybe abandon our our best knowledge and our our best heart and and our strongest faith that would actually instead of panicking would journey with someone and Job eventually got there to a reconstruction of his faith but. He didn't get much help on the human level, uh, but God manifested to Job in, in the whirlwind, and Job's prayers were, in a sense, finally answered w- with the sense of God's presence. And Job saw a, a new perspective of God and, and God's bigness, and but yet within that, God's intimate love and sovereign care uh, in the lives of every every person, every creature in the universe. And so he, you know, he said, you know, my eyes have heard of you, but now I've seen you. And so he had, he had a new experience with God on the other side of that faith crisis. And that's the opportunity of deconstruction is a reconstruction. And that's what's happening in journey of the soul is in the first half of life, eventually our faith is going to run out and, and that the original container for our faith, the, the, uh, the CH&R stages of confidence in Christ, help in discipleship, and responsibilities in ministry, those first three stages that most of our churches are really good at discipling people in, 
that that was going to get us started and get us growing in Christ, but it's not very well suited to last a whole lifetime. We need to build on that with some other stages that come on the other side of the wall. And so at that wall becomes this big soul pivot now where we're, we're naturally and appropriately asking questions about many different things related to our identity and our faith. And while it's very destabilizing, there's this opportunity if we will follow the spirit of Jesus into the I stage of the inner journey, we begin into the second half of the Christ stages, the I, S, and T stages of inner journey, spirit-led ministry, and transforming union. And so that inner journey stage begins with pain or suffering, destabilization, questions, doubts, fears, wrestlings, and it's not fun. But if we go with that and we were emotionally honest in our prayers and we are patient in walking stuff out with, with, with Jesus, and if we're in a community with at least one person that's giving us empathy and praying for us and journeying with us, maybe talking with a spiritual director, this is a, a key time to talk with a spiritual director like we have in our soul shepherding staff, then we, we can relationally work this through, not only with God, but on the human level, and we can come into this, the second side of the inner journey, which is this intimacy with God, this, this depth of, of personhood and experience, and this robust sense of uh, experiencing God's abundant life that uh, takes us into the, propels us now into then the S stage of spirit-led ministry and transforming union. So all that begins with what potentially is a faith crisis or, or a time of deconstruction. So it's so important if you have someone that you're in relationship with who is deconstructing their faith. I just read Journey of the Soul, the chapter on the wall, because that's exactly what, what they're at and what they're talking to. And so in the one of the tables we have in our book, Journey of the Soul, is a table that just outlines what it looks like in our faith journey in the first half versus the second half. And one of the things that's happening at the soul pivot at the wall, at the deconstruction, is our black and white dualistic categories aren't working anymore. And so we're opening up now to both ends and to gray areas. And instead of in the early stages, we're content with wanting to kind of be told what to believe and what's right and what's wrong and accepting that. In the, in the second half, we're more wanting to seek that out through a relational process. Like Job is, is learning to enter into this relational process with God. He wants to hear from God. He doesn't just want his friends giving him the, the black and white answers. There's things going on in the early, the first half where maybe they're, they're identifying in deconstruction, they're identifying some prejudice or some closed-mindedness or some judgmentalism that they've experienced in the church and from others in those early stages. And now they're they're leaving the church because of that. And they're rebelling against that. And they're they've experienced a little bit or are longing for an experience of more freedom and grace and valuing mercy for all. Yeah. And so if I as as a pastor or a parent put down the clamps on this um uh child, uh, adult child of mine or this friend or this uh, church member who is deconstructing their faith, and I put the clamps down on them. Well, this is what the Bible says. This is what you need to believe. Well, let me take you back through the Romans road and in the verses that, that remind you of, of salvation in Christ. Or, well, let's talk about what the Bible teaches about that, that political issue and, and what you need to believe. And well, this is what we've always believed in our church or in our family. And, and you try to get people to believe the right things according to your doctrine. It just, it just works totally against the inner journey process that the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is trying to lead this person through, this person yes. who's deconstructing their faith, it's actually 
not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a dangerous thing, and it could become a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But to, to have doubts and unsureness and, and questions and wrestlings is is very natural, and it's an opportunity actually to, to strengthen our faith and to come to a place where we're deconstructing something in order to reconstruct it. Yes, and that's why a lot of the people are leaving the church at this season is because they don't have a safe place where they can talk about their questions and their doubts, where they can kind of wrestle with these things. And and they're, they go to church and they're told what to believe, what to do. They're told emphasis on is on outward behavior or productivity. And they've got all these spirit, new spiritual questions and longings and confusions and doubts surfacing. And if they're, they're afraid that if they voice them at church, They'll be told that they're not a Christian anymore, that that they're that the church will be alarmed and can't handle their question is one of the things that, that sometimes is happening here because the people at the church that they're talking to don't understand and haven't yet experienced this second half of the journey. And part of the difficulty here is that when, once you're going through uh, a phase of deconstruction or you're hitting the wall in a time of, of suffering or burnout of some kind, it, it's difficult for church services to really uh, heal that or correct that because it, it needs to happen in conversation. That's mm-hmm. where we need a, a small group that we really trust. And there's a, a small group leader who's well-trained in empathy and in principles uh, and wisdom of spiritual guidance and how to do that in a way that's relational and gracious without, without uh, putting people in boxes or trying to get them to believe and do what's right, but instead to journey with them and walk with them through that. And so that, that's so important that we, we enter into a relational process. And so we just need more than a church service can provide. Certainly, uh, if you're a pastor listening or church leader, in our church services, we, we can, we can uh, get conversations started with our sermons. We can share uh, stories from our life. We can have people come up and share testimonies that can illustrate the the realness and rawness of discipleship and the kinds of questions that that people are wrestling with and, and the suffering that they go through and how, how God meets them in that. And that's an opportunity to transcend these pat answers and transcend the, we'll just believe the right thing and just do the right thing, but to show the wrestle, to show the struggle and to show the different uh, colors and variations on faith because it doesn't all fit in the same box. And we, we need to... we. A mature, loving faith puts priority on the person in the relationship over the belief system. We, we need to belong before we believe, and we need to be able to keep belonging even if we're not believing right. And, and we, we, we need a relational process where I know that, that I'm loved and I can ask questions or even think and believe and act in some ways that are different, and I, but I'm still going to be loved here and accepted, and, and I can be part of this, this community. And so when, when the church is, is, or a Christian group or family is, is black and white and rigid and, and rule-oriented and gets, tries to get everybody to toe in line because that, that feels familiar to me, that feels more secure to me, that, that does not work for people that are, are at the wall and are asking questions and they're wrestling and they're, they're needing to get to the bottom of that and deconstruct some things so they can reconstruct in a whole new and deeper spirituality. So important to understand that and to realize that it might feel threatening to you to listen to them because it might stir up even questions in you and strugglings in you. And then you need to go and reach out for support and somebody to be able to to hold that space for you, maybe a spiritual director who can 
help you in your wrestlings with this because sometimes somebody else's deconstruction can actually trigger some deconstruction in you. And this is like one of the most um, basic and important things that we teach in our spiritual direction training program is that when you're listening to someone who is in distress of any type, but including in their faith, it's so important to be able to hold a space and to hold that person's emotions and questions without reacting, without being quick to give advice. Henry Nouwen taught so so brilliantly and yet simply, your care is the cure. Don't try to cure people's problems. Don't try to fix their problems. Your care is ultimately what they need. It's it's your compassionate heart, your presence, walking with them and journeying through them. That they're, we That's want- so true. That was so true for me when I was deconstructing. It was, it was you. Now wait a minute. Somebody would say, "Wait a minute, Christy, you didn't deconstruct I your faith. Did. You've, you've been strong in, in Jesus all the no, time." No, I went through a deconstruction too in my late thirties, and it was miserable, and I hated it. And I began to think, "Is anything I've ever believed and lived for and done in my life real? Is any of it?" true. I was, I was, and I felt such shame to even be asking those questions. It just rocked me. I never expected. I didn't know this wall was coming. I didn't know I would run into some deconstructionism. And for me, it was because I recognized this gap between what I believed and professed to be true and what my behavior showed to be true. And that was a crisis for me. And there weren't very many people that I was honest with about that, but I had enough. I had you, you were very, you weren't rocked by my deconstruction at all. It didn't rock your faith at all, but you were very gracious and empathetic and patient. You would listen to me and all of my questions and emotions and wrestlings. And I had Dallas Willard do the same thing for me. And I had a guy at our church that I reached out to because he'd given a testimony in a Sunday service. And I was like, oh, he's seen some things. He's had some experiences I haven't. I want to, I want to learn about that. So I just reached out to him and you and I met with him. And same thing, he validated my questions, my concerns. He didn't judge me. He didn't try to fix me. And then also we had a leader that I in another ministry that I reached out to and was vulnerable. And same thing. He was totally, he understood this. He understood this journey. And he understood this. It wasn't alarming. And I'm sure that all of you prayed for me. And my mom, too, was another one that I was honest with. And the same thing, just that safe space to be able to verbalize what I was wrestling with. And I'm sure all of you were praying for me as well. And that's important that we don't underestimate the value of our prayers and our care and how the Holy Spirit can use that and what that shows somebody about the genuineness of God's spirit and love being true and present and ministering to them in the moment. Because in in the second half of the journey, in the reconstruction phase, that's one of the things is we begin to value experiences we've had of God. And often those are coming through people who are mediating His grace to us. Yeah, we call this experience-based assurance. Dallas Willard uses that term in The Divine Conspiracy. So, so many of us have been taught to think of our faith as being cerebral and being around believing the right doctrines uh, from the Bible. And that's part of it. That's important. That's essential, what, what we believe. But it's not sufficient because it has to get into our, our life. It has to get into our character. It has to get into our experience. Uh, and so we, we need to see Jesus when, I, when we look in the mirror. When you look in the mirror and you look at your life, you need to be seeing that Jesus is present and I'm being shaped to be more like Jesus. And 
the, the faith of the psalmist that uh, is, is in me. I can be emotionally honest like the psalmist and, and not lose my faith. And so it, as we are living into the presence of God in our life and we, we see how God is working with us and what God is teaching us and we were able to find uh, joy and peace, for instance, even in the middle of a, a trial or an injustice, then that builds in us this experience-based assurance. And so that's something that we're lacking when we're deconstructing, typically, is there is a, uh, our world isn't making sense cognitively and, and uh, spiritually, because we need some new categories, but we're also not, we're not uh, experiencing this life with Jesus and this intimacy with God, and we're maybe not experiencing the character of Christ in, in my own personality, and so it's, it's rocking us. But it's so helpful when we can see somebody else has that, and we can be in relationship and in conversation with them. And that was one of the things that helped me when I was in my deconstruction is I saw your experience based at church. You were having experiences with God that I wasn't having. I was longing to have them. I wanted them. I remember you saying, well, just your longing to have them is a good thing. Stay with that. And as I stayed with that, that was a good thing because eventually God met those longings for me. And one of the reasons why we want to stay in relationship with people that are deconstructing is because we don't want them taking their thoughts and feelings to the internet or to other people in other religions and doing searching elsewhere. We, we want to be able to be mediating God's truth and grace. And I, I think, Bill, that the disciples were undergoing some deconstruction and that Jesus, because they had very different ideas than Jesus was bringing about the kingdom of God and about the law and the religious system. And so their their journey with Jesus and his three years as disciples was involved some deconstructing and reconstructing. Jesus himself went through deconstruction because he uh, was raised in the Jewish religion and he grew up in that and appreciated that, and he went to synagogue, and he read and studied the Old Testament, and he learned all the Hebrew prayers and all the prophecies and all of that. And he, there were a lot of things about the religion of his day that he didn't agree with in the way that the Pharisees were uh, unpacking and applying all this to people's lives. And so he, he came to disagree with that, and he uh, surely had some wrestlings in his uh, young adult life in Nazareth as he was as he was growing up and as as the father was preparing him for his his mission and so in in everything Jesus is the first disciple he's a disciple of the father he's a student he's a learner uh, Hebrews tells us that Jesus learned obedience uh, from what he suffered he, he suffered he went through difficult things and so he deconstructed his faith and he reconstructed it and that's the Christian faith is the the, the Jewish religion reconstructed with uh, Jesus as the suffering servant of Isaiah 53 and fulfilling all the messianic prophecies. And then he, on, the, on that foundation of healthy Judaism, he brought the, the Christian faith. And that's what, what we have now passed on to us down through the centuries. And so Jesus will walk with us through deconstruction. Jesus will walk through your young adult uh, uh, or older child who is not walking with Jesus right now. Jesus will keep walking with that, that person. Those friends in your church who have left and are, are not in any other church and are not, they're not loving and following Jesus, 
the, the spirit of Jesus is there with them, loving them. And so we pray for them and we, and we, if at all possible, we stay in relationship without preaching at people, without trying to control them, certainly not judging them. And we, we, we love them. We, we do life with them. We, we ask them questions. We, how can I pray for you? We, we listen to their faith struggles and we don't give pat answers. We empathize with where they are. And through that relational journeying, that helps people to, to find God. That helps people to, to rediscover their faith. If, if we will practice 1 Corinthians 13 love that, that hopes all things and believes all things, even for someone who stopped hoping and believing. So we, we've written a lot about this in Journey of the Soul. There's just so much more we, we can't say today because we're out of time. But, but look in Journey of the Soul. We've put a lot of articulation. It's all research-based and based on our own experience and those we've journeyed with. And also, prayerfully, might you hand it to somebody that's in deconstruction? It might help them understand where they are in their journey, too, and where the Lord is inviting them. Because it gives people a map. Mm-hmm. We all need a map with a red star on it that says, you are here. And that's most critical at the wall when we're asking these, these faith questions or God is feeling distant or we're fed up with something about Christianity or the church and we're in that destabilized period. It's, it's very dangerous. And so we need to see where we are. And if we can see that oh, I'm being invited into the inner journey, asking these questions, especially if I get in touch with my emotions related to the questions, my needs related to the questions, this isn't just a head trip. This isn't just theology and, and doctrine and beliefs and worldview and, and religious philosophy. Uh, th- those things are, are part of the picture. But this is like my life. I have emotions about this. This is, is my relationships. I, I have some needs here. And so to get in touch at that level, that's where we really need to talk with a spiritual director. And, and then we need to get out this map and say, okay, here's where I am. The Lord's inviting me into this inner journey and to experience the, the emotions related to these questions and to walk this through uh, in prayer and maybe in some different ways with God. Maybe it's less about Bible study and more about poetry and nature and as as disciplers, we need to be okay with that, that that as important as the Bible is and as foundational as Bible study is, it's not the be-all and end-all of spiritual disciplines or other spiritual disciplines. And that's what we're unpacking in Journey of the Soul. One of the things is that at different stages, different seasons of the soul, there are different disciplines that are likely to be more helpful. And at the wall, a, a lot of times Bible study is not a, a mainstay as a life-giving discipline. We need some other practices in there that are more relational, that are more, I certainly like praying the Psalms of, of lament are, are, are spot on, and that's, that's in our Bible. But a lot of times people need to go someplace else to do that, maybe an alpha course that of course is based on the Bible, but is so good at leaning into these conversations of authenticity and honesty and what, what are the questions and what are, what are the wrestlings and not, not giving people pat answers, not judging them, but entering into the doubt, entering into the, the crisis or, or the skepticism with, with patience, with, with empathy, with staying in the relationship, with, with praying for that person and helping, helping them find God through that process. So we want to be in conversation with you about what you're struggling with. Feel free to email us. We would love to hear from you. You can go to soulshepherding.org, click on the contact us, 
and submit us questions. What would you like us to cover on topic for Soul Talks? Because we are in community with you and we care about you. Or leave us a message or comment on Instagram, uh, Soul Shepherding's Instagram. We'd love to hear from you there as well. Jesus, how grateful we are that you are our model and our mediator, that you are with us and those we love, that you are active in your church, Lord, even when more people, it seems today, in your church are wrestling with some of these deconstructing of their faith and questions. Jesus, we thank you that you're active and that we offer ourselves as your ambassadors to be your representatives, to be shepherds after your heart, Jesus. So we ask that you would guide us as we follow you on this journey. And we thank you and praise you for your love, your truth, your grace at every season. Amen. Friends, if you haven't picked up a copy of Journey of the Soul yet, you can get that. And we would love for you to uh, dive in deep into the Journey of the Soul and the Christ stages, which includes working through experiences of doubt or uh, challenges with uh, faith. And maybe you have a loved one or a friend or someone in your uh, ministry that uh, would benefit from Journey of the Soul. So come over to uh, uh, journeyofthesoul.org or soulshepherding.org and pick up a copy. If you're a pastor, we would love to uh, work with you and bring Journey of the Soul into your church. We've been going around the country, speaking in different churches, helping them implement Journey of the Soul as a discipleship tool for their whole congregation. Uh, And so uh, soulshepherding.org or journeyofthesoul.org, you can find uh, our book, Journey of the Soul, and pray that will be a blessing to you and the people that you minister to. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at soulshepherding.org.